But we get used to doing ministry with other people. And so when those people aren't there, it puts us in this place where you're like, okay, God, I got to start seeking you for myself. Because my grandmama's not here no more. My mama's prayers aren't with me anymore. I got to be able to put myself in a position where I say, okay, God, Lord, I know a lot of people, they assume I'm many things, but I need to know who I am to you. I need to know who I am to you because when you know who you are to God, you can begin to operate in the gifts that he has given you. If you don't know who you are to God, then how can you operate in whatever it is? How can you fulfill the plan and purpose that he has given you? How can you stir up the gifts that he has given you? How can you, re how can you light the flame that he has placed on the inside of you? I remember when God, when we, me and my husband were overseas, we lived in Germany for a while. And I remember that time of adjustment. We stayed in Germany for about seven years or so because of a job promotion that was a grace, by the grace of God. I'm not military. I wasn't associated with the military other than my mom being retired. And somehow, by the grace of God, I got an opportunity to go overseas and to work for the military under a contract for about five years as a management trainee, and it brought me to a promotion even in that time. And so in that time, though, I'm faced with different cultures, different people, different languages. I am 13 hours by phone and by distance on a plane from my parents and from his parents. We don't know anybody there. It's just me and him. We was on the verge of the what seemed to be like a divorce, it was that bad, but God saw fit to carry us overseas to have to not look at anybody else but each other, right? <laughs> Amen. So we had no choice but to figure out how we're gonna get through this one. And I'm so glad that God did that, but it was a tough time of adjusting, trying to understand a new culture. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to fit? What church am I going to go to? Who's going to feed me? God, how are you going to use me? How am I going to connect with these people on a job? How different it was for us. And I remember I got to one point where I almost lost my mind. I almost lost my mind in a place of depression. And in that point that was so bad, I remember somebody sent word to me and they said, who are you? And they made me rethink about who I was in God and who God was to me. You see, Paul was in chains. When he's writing this letter, he's in chains. He's in prison. He can't break free. He done been in prison many times, but at this point, he's about to die, basically. He, this is probably one of the last letters that he was writing to Timothy. And so at that point, he's basically encouraging Timothy before his point of death. And he's encouraging him in the faith to stand strong. And so it's, it's, it's very important here because here's Paul in chains, but staying free. And I think that's something that we need to remember, that there are going to be times when you feel stuck and you feel like you can't do nothing. But if your mind is free, if when the sun sets free, it's free indeed. You're not going to be limited by your physical circumstance. It doesn't matter what the doctors say or what has you bound in the moment. As long as your mind says, I am free, then you are free indeed. Amen? In 1840, Harriet Tubman was set free. Harriet Tubman's father was set free. And Harriet learned that the owner, her owner was named Rick, and her owner had a will that set her father and his children, including Harriet, free. But her new owner 
refused to recognize that will, and she decided to keep Harriet and the rest of the children in bondage. Harriet Tubman was a slave at that time, but it was that moment that she made up in her mind that I'm free. She made up in her mind that she was free, and since that moment, everything that took place after her life is what led her to be a conductor for the Underground Railroad to help other people get free, too. If, if she didn't make up in her mind, if she would have stayed in that place where she said, you know what, I'm a slave. Oh my God, this is where I am. This is my life. This is how it's going to be. There's no guarantee that she would have been able to do what she did. But thank God there was something on the inside of her that said, you know what, he might try to keep you here, but you don't have to stay here. There is a way out. Amen. Circumstances might try to hold you down. Circumstances might try to keep you and hold you down. But you got to make up in your mind that I'm going to be free. You got to make up in your mind that I can get out of this. You can be tied down in the physical, but if you have access to the spiritual, then you can be free. Amen? Amen. When you have access to the spiritual, you have unlimited potential. And potential that is unused is ineffective. This is for y'all. If you know your gifts and you're not using it, you're being ineffective. If you have gifts and you are not using it, you're being ineffective. What is the purpose of God giving you something you're just going to sit down with it? How Kobe Bryant, look at him. He passed away. But look at everything that he accomplished because of the various gifts that he decided to go forth and to use on this earth at a young age. Greatness, right? Greatness. Right. All of that on the inside of him that he made a decision at a young age that you know what? I got it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to put it to work. I'm going to focus on my gifts. I'm going to put it to purpose. However I can get better, I'm going to get better. Whatever I need to study, I'm going to study, right? And so that's what we need to be as well. Paul was in prison, but the only thing he could do while he was in prison was encourage Timothy in his walk. Y'all should be grateful that y'all have leaders. Amen. Thank you. Pastor Charles, hallelujah. Pastor Nancy, Courtney, amen. Pastor, leaders, minister, who are going to encourage you in your walk. Because here is Paul in chains, but still encouraging Timothy. He didn't have to, but he did. See, we don't know what they're going through. We don't always know what our pastors are going through. We don't know the back end of the story. We don't know what they're dealing with mentally, physically, spiritually, unless they tell you. But if they don't tell you, and they're up here every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, praying for you, laying hands on you, hallelujah. We're still at work, because I know she's working. Amen? Wednesday night teaching you. We need to be grateful and thankful because in spite of everything that they're dealing with, they're like Paul and they're still deciding to make word, to give you a word, to pour into you, to feed you. They're still making a decision to encourage you in spite of the pain that they may be going through. We should be grateful because to whom much is given, much is required. And so Paul is reminding Timothy of the faith of his ancestors. He's encouraging in his walk. There's nothing like being in a prison or in a pit and thinking that the person that you done poured your heart and mind into is about to leave you. You about to die. You got the torch. And here's Timothy. We all know where he is. He's, he's somewhere. 
We don't know what he's doing, but obviously he's not doing everything that he's supposed to be doing. And Paul got to send words to him to say, come on back home, Timothy, right? So here's Paul in this place, and he's, you know, writing the letter, trying to give, give Timothy everything that he can, because he's worried, I believe he's worried, that if he didn't, who's going to carry my torch? Who's going to take it where it needs to go? Who's going to go out there and speak what I've called them to speak and say what I've called them to say and get some souls, bringing them back into the kingdom of God? That's where he was. As Pastor Nancy said, I wrote a book. My book was called Destined to Reign. And it's about, it comes from the book of Esther. And there's this place um, where I write about in, this, in the book of Esther, you know, that she's a queen. Yeah. And she was called to, you know, lead the kingdom of Persia. There's a place in this chapter where, um, in this book, where the Jews are about to get slaughtered, basically. Amen. And she is at a position where she has to decide, okay, am I going to speak up for them? Or am I going to stay silent and remain the queen that I am? And Mordecai, who was her counselor, comes to her and she says, look, don't get it twisted. You know, I know you're in this position. I know that you think you got it all right. And I know that you think you might be able to live on even if this was to take place. But what if God has called you for such a time as this? And I think we all have been there before. I think we all get to that place in our walk where we're like, Lord, I don't know what to do next. Amen. And so we have to begin to ask God for wisdom. And so God was showing her that there are going to come times where you're going to have some enemies. There are going to come times where you're going to have to face your own enemies, right? There's going to be times where you're going to have to overcome your setbacks and trials. There's going to be times where you're going to be faced with fear. There's going to be times where you're going to have some giants in the land that you're going to have to tackle and, and to defeat. But you're, if you stay with God, then God will stay with you. If you stay with God, he already won the battle. Amen. All you got to do is trust him. Courage. Have the courage. I can imagine Timothy watching Paul in the prison and wanting him to be free, but he couldn't. I can imagine Timothy being scared that the same thing might happen to him or worse. I can imagine Timothy being scared that he might not be able to fulfill the call as great as Paul, because Paul was pretty great. Paul did some great things because was persecuted so much. I can imagine Timothy being scared about all these different things and allowing fear to entrap him into that place of bondage that Paul was already still set free from. And so when we get to that place of fear, that's what happened to me. I had fear when I was overseas and that depression came. It was fear talking to me. You're not going to make it. You, you don't know how to handle this. You've never been here before. You're not going to, what, what, what do you think you're doing? All these different things. You think you're going to be able to accomplish this and do all of these great things? You're the first person in your family. Who, who do you think you are? You made it this far, but that's as far as you're going to make it. But God did not give us the spirit of fear. Amen? God has given us power. He's given us love. He's given us a sound mind. Isaiah 41 says that God will strengthen you and help you and uphold you with his righteous hand. All who rage against you shall be ashamed and disgraced, and those who oppose you will be like nothing, and they shall perish. Though you search for enemies, 
you will not find them. And though you, though people may wage war against you, they shall be nothing at all. And all you have to do is stand and hope in the Lord. Nelson Mandela said, courage is not the absence of fear, but it's the triumph over it. Amen. It's going to take courage to pursue your dreams. It's going to take courage to fulfill your call. Anytime God has a calling on your life, there is going to be an obstacle that's going to come your way. Amen. And don't look at the little things. I ain't talking about the little things. If you can destroy your obstacle, then that's not the triumph that's in your life. There's another giant that God is calling you to defeat, to kill. Hallelujah. There was always an enemy. Every time some God had a calling on somebody's life, great. And it's going to require courage to do what he's called you to do. And it's going to require courage to go and have the faith and to achieve everything that he's placed on your heart to achieve. You have to have that attitude that says, God, I want more. Harriet Tubman had an attitude that said, Lord, I can't deal with this. I might be here, but I want more out of my life. Amen. Just the moment she heard that word and she was free, that was it for her. Hallelujah. Same for Martin Luther King Jr. He wanted more. As much as he achieved, he knew that there was still more to be done. He knew that there was still more in, in life for his children and children's children. Hallelujah. Generations after him. But whatever they desired, they focused on it. And they weren't just ready to go after it, but they were faithful to be a steward over it. And so the next thing that you need to understand when it comes to this question, are you being a light or, are you just, or do you need to reclaim the flame is, are you being faithful in the things that God has given you? If, you're, if you got a gift, if you know you got a gift, the next question is, are you being a faithful steward over it? God has committed many good things to us, and so we have to be faithful and be a good steward over it. We live in a time where faithfulness is, is kind of going out that door. That's right. We see it going out the door in marriages. We see it going out the door in the workplace. We see it going out the door everywhere you look. People are, their faithfulness and loyalty is, is not as common as it was before. But faithfulness to God is going to say, Lord, you know what? In spite of what they're doing as wrong, I'm going to continue to do what is right. I might not always want to be at work when they're calling me to go to work, but I'm going to do what is right in your sight, Father. I know they're talking about me, and I know they got to say this and say this, but God, I'm going to do what is right in your sight. I'm going to love them like they ain't never been loved before. Amen? I'm going to I'm gonna hold their hand, and I'm going to pray for them, because you never know what somebody is going through. You never know what somebody is going through. True faithfulness is going to cost you something. Amen? And you got to be able to say, Lord, whatever it takes, if it's a true dream of yours, then you got to have an attitude that says, God, whatever it takes, I'm going to go for it. If it means I got to go broke, I'm willing to go for it. Hallelujah. You have to trust God when it comes to fulfilling the dream that he has for your life. And you got to keep the Holy Ghost on you. You got to stay and stay in communion with the Holy Ghost. And that is the key to faithfulness. Because on our own, on our flesh, we can't be faithful. Because of our nature, our sin nature wants us to sin. Yes. You know, our flesh wants us to sin. It wants Amen. us to do wrong. Our pride gets in the way sometimes. Yeah. You got to have the Holy Ghost. And you got to become connected to him to that point where the, where the moment you, when you want to do something wrong, he just pulls you back and says, uh-uh, child, not this time. I know you want to do it. 
God called Timothy to do. And so Paul is saying, look, Timothy, I'm in chains. I'm in chains. There's nothing I can do now. But there's something that God has still equipped you to do. And I need for you to stand up and be who God has called you to be. Even if it means that you got to do it without me. And see, that's why Paul was able to be in chains and be in the prison and say, you know what? Even though I'm suffering, I can rejoice in my suffering because he understood that there was more to his suffering than where he was. He understood that there was a purpose even in him being in chains. Amen. Your salvation was not based on anything that you could do on your own. Amen. It wasn't based on you being good. It wasn't based on you thinking that you had it all together. Your salvation was not based on anything that you could do. So what makes you think that fulfilling your purpose is going to be different? Amen. Amen. Your purpose is not going to be any different than God saving you. It's not based on whatever you can do. You got to remember that God chose you. Yes. You got to remember that he called you. The word of God says that you are a chosen generation, yes. a royal priesthood, and he called you out of darkness yes. into the marvelous light. Amen. Yes. Once you were, but now you're not. Amen. Paul wasn't in chains because he did something wrong. Paul wasn't changed because he was doing what was right. So don't think that every time you got an enemy coming against you or every time you're stuck in a problem, anytime you got that bill due or whatever's going on in your marriage acting up, kids acting up, don't think that you did something wrong. That's just the enemy trying to make you feel that way. But there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. It ain't what you did that was wrong. It's what you're doing right. It's what you're doing right. then I am not ashamed. That's right. And so he's telling Timothy, don't be ashamed of me and don't be ashamed of this gospel. When we look back at history, we shouldn't be ashamed at the things that, that our ancestors went through. We should be glad that they took us took us to where we are today. Amen? We shouldn't be ashamed to talk about, that's why we got Black History Month. That's right. As we remember it. Everything that hinders us. The last thing that 
Paul told Timothy is the scripture that I read. And he said, let me to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which was in you through the laying on of hands. And so I said that in order to truly be that flame carrier, you've got to, one, have courage. Hallelujah. you got to know who you are, know who God is. Amen. You have to remember everything that God has placed on the inside of you. But last but not least, you have to stay connected. You've got to stay connected. Anybody who understands what it's going to take to fan a flame, you understand that um, when the fire is starting to get ready to go out, yeah. they're going to make you add some more yeah. tinder to it, right? And if you don't add any tinder to it, then you're going to, basically whatever you got is going to be gone. Yeah. And so when it comes to your gifts and who you are and your purpose, if you're not adding to it, if you're not staying prayed up, if you're not staying in that place of praise, yeah. hallelujah, if you don't got your focus right, then if you don't use it, yeah. you're going to lose it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's like a new language. Hallelujah. If you got the gift of tongues and you don't use it, it's not going to grow into the language that is needed to hear from heaven, hear what God is saying to you. Hallelujah. It's not going it, it, it's, it's, it's just like that. Amen. Jesus said, I am the true vine. He said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. It has to be abided in the vine. Hallelujah. I am the vine and you are the branches. And he that abides in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And so in order for you to be a plan there, you got to be connected to the source. Hallelujah. You have to stay connected to God because that's where the power lies. You have to stay in the presence of God. You've got to stay in the presence of his word. Hallelujah. you got to seek his face and hear his voice. How do you expect to stir up something? If you don't stir it up, it's going to be flat. Amen. I love my mama is here. My mom makes the best pound cake. I, I still don't got the recipe yet. I'm going to get it. But she makes the best pound cake. And I, and I love to eat the batter, so does my daughter and my husband. We love the batter, and we love the finished product, amen? But if she wasn't just put in, if she wasn't just say, okay, Mary, just take this butter and eat it, I would be like, what? Right? If she was to uh, crack the eggs and stir up the eggs and be like, okay, here you go, here's your cake, we're going to be looking crazy. That's right. If she was to take the flour and just hand me a flour, I would be like, Mom, no. No, this ain't this ain't working. But when she began to take all of that stuff, all of those ingredients, and put it in one bowl, and it begins to mix. So you gotta stay in the mix because in the mix is where the power is. Hallelujah! In the mix is where God begins to anoint you for your task. Amen. In the mix is where His presence is. But if you just take those things side by side, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work for you. It's gonna be flat. And so we have to make sure that we stay in the stir, that you stir up those gifts. And that's what Paul was saying. He's saying, you know what, Timothy, I know where you've been, but where you've been, where you are right now is not the ending. Yeah. And that there is going to come a time when you're going to have to make a decision and you're going to have to choose whose side you're on. We don't need compromise anymore. That's right. We don't need dabbling, dibbling and dabbling, dibbling this and you dabbling that. We don't need people to say I'm a Christian, but I'm going to go off and do whatever I want to do. 
pressure to succumb to the pressures of this world. Amen. When you reclaim your flame, you can say, you know what, devil? I see you coming, but I'm not going to let you get any further than this. Hallelujah. When you reclaim your flame, you can say, greater is he that is on the inside of me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. When you reclaim your flame, you can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get mighty low 
and some of our flames is all the way out. Amen. We didn't keep the fire. We didn't keep it burning. You didn't keep adding You let your praise go down. God. Amen. You got to do. You got to keep that praise going. Exceptional word. You know you got the gift. 
and just put it on the shelf. Can't do me no good. Why? Still sitting in the box. First of all, I didn't even know what the gift is. She did say you got to identify. Work out for you. Amen? But you got this gift. You say, okay, I don't want to use this right now. So you just put it right back in the box. Just sit it on the shelf. The gift just sitting there. Gathering dust. It's doing nobody any good. It's like we need a candle. And candles are still sitting in the box. Yeah. And I'm still fighting with that little hand thing. Cut my fingers up because I'm using the wrong gift. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on, saints. Put your hands together for those that say, I will stir up, I will start over, I will recover my faith. Come on, saints. Give me you. Everything else in way. Give me you.
Well, praise the Lord in. Yeah. 
to thank the Lord. It feels good in this house now. I like this atmosphere. I like this atmosphere. Amen. We want to make the close. I'm going to do a quick announcement. I want to get into some children real quick. Amen. We don't have much. Amen. As far as announcements. And I just said, I'll holler up and pray for everyone. Come on, one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, this time, do it for the Lord.